Hey world, you're listening to Globe Thotter, the pod that puts the lover in travel lover. I'm your fearless and flirty host, Cassie Martinez, a solo traveler and digital nomad for over seven years and counting. I've mixed business with pleasure since my first solo trip in 2016, when I ditched my flight home after falling in love in and with Lisbon. Join me each episode as I swap juicy travel stories with a slew of amazing adventurers who, like me, kiss and tell. Dating, backpacking, main character moments, Globetrotter Pod goes there, and you're coming with me. So, welcome back, you guys. It's been a minute, hasn't it? Globetrotter Pod has been enjoying a nice little winter break, gotta say. I'm currently recording this, tucked in at home, in all my various fuzzy wear, recharging for a year ahead that is just jam-packed with travel. Starting, of course, with a group trip that I'm hosting in Sayulita, Mexico for Valentine's Week. I simply cannot wait to ditch the cold and be on a beach with baddies from all over the world, with margaritas in hand, of course. Want to get in on the next group trip? I've got just a few spots left on Globetrotter's final trip to Croatia this year, going down June 26th through July 2nd. The first two Croatia trips sold out in literally a day, so don't miss out on your chance to secure those summer plans, baby. To check out our fire seven-day itinerary spanning land, sea, and countless dance floors, all you gotta do is hit this episode's description. So, jumping into today's episode, I am so excited for you guys to meet Ash, a Canadian firecracker that fits right in my pocket. Ash is pure party girl energy. The two of us first met in Lagos, Portugal this summer, while I was hosting Globetrotter's group trips, and Ash was a volunteer at the Rising Cock. As a former volunteer there myself, I gotta say, she fits right into the chaos and is a total legend. What I first noticed about Ash was how comfortable she made our group feel from the minute we walked in the door, while simultaneously getting us super hyped to join her pub crawl that night. That's top-tier volunteer energy right there. The second thing that stands out in my mind when I think about Ash is just how much we both love dancing on top of elevated surfaces. Like, I swear to God, I'd be getting my life at 5am on top of a speaker at some club in Lagos, and I'd turn over and see Ash rocking a pair of sunglasses doing the same. Like, I don't care what you say, that is sisterhood. In today's episode, Ash is sharing all of her priceless party girl wisdom, including the secret to hosting an epic pub crawl, how to get on stage with any DJ, and the tea on locking down a volunteer position at an epic party hostel. P.S. We totally recorded this episode in the fall, fresh off Hot Girl Summer, which you hear us mention in the intro. But life happened, as it often can, and the episode is now just getting its life. Thanks for being patient as Globetrotter got our ish together and rolled out this episode. So many more episodes are coming, by the way. Stay tuned, Globetotties. So without any further ado, buckle up and lift those tray tables, because Globetrotter is taking off. Welcome, Ash. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? It's good to see your face. We're in our fall clothes, though, this time around. I know. It's kind of depressing. I miss (laughs) summer already. (laughs) Literally, we're here in sweaters. We look very comfy, but it's a far cry from cut-off shorts and bikini tops. It is, and I feel like Mm. summer to fall hits so hard for me. Like, one day it was 20 degrees, and then the next it was, like, five here where I am with frost on the roof. It was depressing. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Guys, spoiler alert. Ash is Canadian. She's talking Celsius. <laughs> yes. I'm, yes. Yeah, sorry. I'm way no, up no. north. Yes. Toronto. 
Canadian snow. Toronto represent. Well, yeah. Winter hits hard and fast for (laughs) y'all. It does. Like, we have a month of nice fall, and then we have, like, six months of a hard winter, and it's, like, harsh. Snow up to the hips. Wind, it's it's not it. It's not for me. Oh, my God. So on that note, what has life back home been like after your whirlwind summer? Honestly, I've been so busy. I got home, I want to say, it was actually a month ago this weekend. So I got home, and two (laughs) days later, I dived right into my job so I've been so busy so I'm like I work Monday to Friday that eight to five grind and Mm -hmm. I started as soon as I got home so I've been so busy since I've been back I haven't even really taken the chance to like sit down and like absorb what happened this summer been so busy oh my god that month-long mark it hits you quick yeah (laughs) I know everyone's like you've been back like you did some traveling I was like yeah but I got back oh my god like a month ago like I can't believe like yeah. How fast it's gone, but same time, it's feel like it's been forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a related note, I just want to know, what's your sign? What's your zodiac? Um, Aquarius. <laughs> oh, cute. Yeah. I love those. A little weirdos of the astrology. I honestly know nothing about my sign, but I love when people tell me about it. The reason why I ask is because, like, well, I'm a Taurus and I'm an Earth sign. So as I get older, when I come back from a trip, like, oh, I need to decompress like crazy. I'm talking fuzzy blankets, candles. But I don't know, like, Aquarius are more like airy signs. Like, y'all are up in the air, head in the clouds, but, like, in such a good way. I love hanging with Aquariuses. Always, always such good a good to know. Time. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> I know nothing about my sign. But yeah, I'm the opposite when I get back from a trip. I'm like, I got to keep busy else I'm going to get in the travel blues. Oh, yes. That is a pro tip right there. How fast do you unpack that suitcase? Oh, as soon as I get home. Two types. Two types of yes, travelers. Yes, I am the person <laughs> that when I get home that night, no matter how late it is, how tired I am, I will unpack because I just, it bugs me. So I'm like, right away, unpacking. Mm. But I know people are the complete opposite sometimes. Yeah, totally. And we never see each other's viewpoints. It's like, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. Wait, so you're (laughs) one of those people, yeah, that like to take their time unpacking. I honestly have been both, but I lean towards, honestly, that suitcase stays packed until my next trip. Honestly, it goes in the extra bedroom we have Mm. in the house, and I just close the door and I don't look at it. And every now and then I'm like, well, I need that top. And I'm like, where is it? I'm like, oh, yeah, I still haven't unpacked. It's been three weeks. It's still <laughs> on the bottom of my suitcase. Because it makes it real, Ash. Yes, yes. Maybe <laughs> next time I'll try it that way. We'll see. I don't know, man. I get it. It's so hard to change. Like, we are who we are. Like, I can see you, like, itching by, like, day two being like, no. <laughs> yeah, that that would be me. I would go bananas. I would go insane. So for those listening... Take us real quick through what you were up to this summer. Yeah, so I started my adventure, I guess, in Portugal and Lagos. So I went out there Mm. beginning of July and I volunteered for a month at a hostel. Actually, it was a party hostel. So I was there for a month. I was Mm -hmm. volunteering at a hostel. I also worked at one of the bars in Lagos. Loved Lagos, there for four weeks. And then I quickly went over to... The Netherlands to see family and also to recover because Lagos destroyed me. Mm. So I was so sick. So I went to go see family in the Netherlands, did a little visit there. And then I 
did all of Spain after for about six weeks. So I have best friends that live out there. Damn. So I got to see all of Spain, all the way from the north up in Santander, all the way down to the south, Marbella. Even made a little trip over to Ibiza. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I would just say it was like a summer abroad I had. Yeah. So take us back before your big Euro summer. What made you decide to book that trip abroad? And almost most importantly, what made you decide to do it alone? Yeah, so I actually fell in love with Europe about a year ago. I went out to school uh, for an exchange in the Netherlands So I was out there for almost five months and I got to do a little traveling on the weekend. So I got to see all the major cities. I went to like Italy. I went to France. I went to Germany. I went to Spain, Portugal, Ireland. Like I did it all. But I found like when I was there, Mm. I was only getting like a little taste of the culture, like a little taste of places because I would only go for the weekend But needless to say, I fell like absolutely in love with Europe. I loved the culture, the food, the people, the partying. I had family there. Like, I loved it. So then I came home at Christmas last year. And then my last semester at school, I lived with girls from Spain and Ireland. And we became like best friends. The Spanish girls too, I was like really close with. So Coming out of graduation last year, I already knew I was going to go spend some time out in Spain with them for about six mm. weeks because I was like, I went to Spain before, I love the cultures, and now my best friends live there. So I initially yeah. booked that trip to Spain, and it was for about six weeks. And then it was beginning of summer, and I was like, I had this like itch just to get to Europe. Mm. So many people from North America were in Europe to begin with. So I had FOMO. All the girlies were there. (laughs) Everyone was like in Mykonos in Rome. So I was like, how, first of all, do people afford this? And how are people doing this by themselves? Like, how do people like solo travel Mm -hmm. and afford it when they're so young? So I'm not going to lie. I got on a little bit of a rabbit hole on TikTok. Mm, As one does does on a a late (laughs) night. I like was looking up hashtags like solo traveling. And I was like, there was a common trend that People were volunteering at hostels or places in a country Mm -hmm. and getting free accommodations or like something along the lines of free accommodations. And that's how they were kind of funding their solo travels. And I was like, that is really cool. So one, I had this like itch and then I saw how people were doing it. So within like a couple of days, I ended up like researching some places, applying to one of the hostels getting a phone call and then she's like great can you come out in two weeks and obviously this like hit me like a brick wall because I was like one I've never actually like solo solo traveled like I've gone to the airport by myself but I've always met friends at a country or like a city like I've never like been completely by myself Mm. for more than like a couple hours so it was a lot and I was like I think I'm ready to do this like by myself like I've always been adventurous and I kind of want to unlock my more adventurous spontaneous side So that was kind of like why I was like, I want to do it alone. But yeah, within that like two weeks, I like came across it. I was next thing I know, I was going out to the hostel. I had to get a new passport because I lost my passport in Miami last year, which is a totally different story. Yeah. So um, yeah, it all just like happened so fast. I moved my flight out. And then next thing I knew, I was, you know, flying into Lisbon and Portugal and 
it was best decision I made. But yeah, I just had like the ick to get out to Europe. My heart's always been out there. It mm. still is out there. Yes. I wanted to do something that most people didn't do, like go work in a hostel. Truly. And there really is nothing quite like a TikTok rabbit hole. Like you could in one night, I'm sure, knowing you have figured it out. Literally. Yeah, I like was seeing like vlogs of people that worked in hostels. I saw like what resources they were using. I saw like, you know, what they were spending. And I was like, okay, I want to do this. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From start to finish, two weeks, y'all. That is impressive. Yep, two weeks. I was <laughs> on a plane. It was very spontaneous, but I'm so glad I did it. And I so relate. I've been in similar situations where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to go. And then like, you get things in motion that happen so fast and you're like a little shook where I'm like, oh my God, okay. They answered my email that I sent at 4am and now I'm apparently going to Portugal. It was like (laughs) that. And some people thought I was crazy, especially my parents. They were like, what are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm like, if not now, when am I going to do it? Yeah, totally, totally. And you had that summer break, you had the window, go for it. Exactly. Yeah. And that itch, that Europe itch, you know what it's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You should check it out at a doctor. Yeah. I'm just joking. <laughs> yes. I know both you and I as well are World Packers girls. I would throw that one yes. in there too as a big resource. Yes. Mm-hmm. World Packers. I know there's other companies that do, but I utilized World Packers. Yeah. So for those that are unfamiliar, World Packers is a really cool platform that basically hostels, but not only hostels, like farms, surf lodges, everything all over this world, like They're looking for volunteers and they'll give you a free bed in exchange. And I know that hostel, Rising Cock Hostel, is on there. So actually, we're both Rising Cock alumni. I met you this summer while hosting my Portugal group trips and you were volunteering. Was the cock everything you expected when you first showed up? Did anything take you by surprise? It was everything and more. Like, I think the name too, like the Rising (laughs) Cock Party Hostel, like... It kind of has a name going into it, but honestly, like it still exceeded my expectations, especially in terms of partying. But on a different note, something Mm. that did blow my mind, I'm not going to lie, and it still sticks with me, is how many roosters and cocks were on the wall? Like you would walk in and like literally be like roosters all over the hostel. And like, I still like have like images in my head of them. So like, that is just like one random thing that like surprised me. And you know that like, you've seen them. They're all over the common room. They went with a theme. There is a theme and it is the rising (laughs) cock. But yes, it totally surprised me too. And the sense of like, just the culture and atmosphere within the hostel. Like I did not expect to get that close with the travelers or the people that I was working with. And also Mm. like, get so involved with Lagos. Like, you know, this Lagos is Mm. this small little gem in Portugal. And it completely like took me by surprise. Like the partying, especially within the small bars And, like, all the locals know each other. Mm. Everyone knows each other in this little town. Like, that completely blew my mind because you would think a bigger city would be – it would have more partying. But, honestly, this little gem, like, Lagos, like, as big as it is, it's still really small. So, like, the partying Mm. itself, like, blew me out of the water. All the bars, all the people totally took me by surprise. Truly, even when you're just a guest in town, within like two days, you could walk down the street and like wave and say hi to like five people. It has that home. It does. Feel. Like, and everything is like kind of in that center too. So, like, everything's so close. And yeah, and you get to know everyone, like the bartenders, the other hostel workers, all the travelers, even if they're at another hostel. True. And the beach scene was like that. 
Yeah. I felt like every summer there is its own like graduating class. Like everyone gets to know each other. You start adding people on Instagram and you have mutuals and you're like, oh, you met so-and-so. It's crazy too. You realize how small the world is. I remember meeting people and they'd be like, oh, how do you know this person? I'd be like, oh, I met them like last week. And they're like, no way. I was in like Italy with them like two weeks ago. And I'm like, whoa like yeah you're right the mutuals do get like insane especially in lagos like it's a a little community yes yes and on that note too when it comes to dating oh my god everybody has history with everybody you're like oh everyone knows everyone and it's like everyone knows everyone's tea too because it's it is small it gets around especially in the hostel it is yes i think bigger city girls come to lagos and like I don't know. Like, I mean, I lived in LA before and you're like, whatever. Like, it, do- it doesn't get around like that. And then you're like in a tiny little village vibe, you know? And like all these grandmas be seeing you get home at 6 a.m. Like, yeah. everyone knows. That's the best. And everyone sees you rolling <laughs> up at 6 a.m. Yeah. But on that same note, no one's judging. No. It's wild. Everyone is so open to That was the best part. It was like a breath of fresh air. Yeah. So what were your average days like when you were volunteering? I would work about three times a week at the hostel. So two days I would be doing day shift and pub crawls. So day shift was 11 to three. And those were like, just like basic duties, like cleaning around the hostel, changing the beds, reception, helping mama out, which is a mama runs the hostel. And honestly, like the only worst part about it was like waking up at 11 the duties itself was like not difficult. It was just because I was out till 6 a.m. that like yep. I would do it to myself. But it was still <laughs> fun because I actually got to meet so many people coming in during the day that were checking in. So that was a lot of fun. It's nice too to be that first face, you know, because I think honestly walking into a hostel sometimes can be like, oh, what's the vibe? And then just to be that friendly face to make them feel at home, like honestly, it's it's such a nice feeling. Yeah, and it would be little me running around up to them like, hey, I'm Ash, you're coming out with me tonight on the pub crawl. Yeah. Which was perfect because then at night I would lead the pub crawl, which would start at like nine, go mm. till two, but you know, it would go much later than that. So nine to 1030, we would have a pregame in the common room, which was a lot of fun. It was just like drinking, talking, getting to know everyone. And then we would go hit the bars from, I want to say 10.30 to about 2. So I would take them to three or four bars and then drop them off somewhere at 2. Um, technically, I was done then, yeah. but I, my night never ended then. I would stay out with them till 6, 7 a.m. You know, you know how it goes. Yes. So that would be day shift and pub crawl. So that was about twice a week. And then one night a week, I would also mm. do night shift, which was like... A bit more difficult, but it was still fun. It would start at 9 p.m. And it would go till about 7.30, 8 a.m. And it was fun because people would come back. Like, my job was to let people in throughout the night and make sure they were staying with the hostel. But people come back and they were hilarious. Like, they would be drunk and, like, they would have the funniest stories from what just happened. Or, like, as much as I had FOMO, I loved hearing about it. And they were just, like, so fun to have conversations with. It was also, like, a nice time to use my night shift as, like, downtime. And it would get hard around, like, 6 a.m. because I would be getting tired. People were still coming back, though, at 6 a.m. I think, Mm. Cass, you were one of them one time at 6 a.m. coming back. Oh, my God. You know, I was going to say the 6 a.m. crowd can either be, like, I'm going straight to my room or, like, the chattiest Cathy's. (laughs) It went either way. Loved both sides of it, but 
Yes. The 6 a.m. was... Mm, seriously. There were some mornings where it was full broad daylight and like mama would be cleaning and she'd be like, oh, Cassie, what were you up to? But she didn't want to know. She didn't want to (laughs) know. Mama will ask, but she does not want to know. She's like, that was a hypothetical. Bye. (laughs) I actually like know she's put boys to bed sometimes at like 6, like 7 a.m. when she's rolled up. She's like, okay, boys, go to bed and like put them to bed it was the Aussies, FYI. True mama yes. status. So yeah. cute. And then another <laughs> one thing I would do during the week also was the booze cruise. So much fun. So it was Ooh. ran by the Rising Call Costal. It wasn't even like a job or like a duty or like anything. It was the most fun I would ever have. Like mm. it was literally my job to like be behind the bar or like out with the guests, but like having fun, like getting them drinks, pouring shots in their mouth, like doing body shots with them, you know it all, Um, jumping off the boat with them, like, playing games. I love the booze cruise, and that was once a week. But, yeah, even if, like, anytime I was working, it never felt like work or, like, volunteer work. Like, I had so much fun with it. Yeah. And I would still be at the hostel every single day on days that I wasn't working or still going out on pub crawls. Right, yeah. Like, even when it wasn't official, it's like, why I'm coming. Because FOMO, (laughs) and I have FOMO every single night. Honestly, I can tell we're both people that FOMO, it, it yes. works on it us. It is my biggest weakness <laughs> in life, FOMO. Yes. And to recap, you guys, everything she just described earned her a free bed in one of the coolest beach towns. Like, yes. a free bed. Like, come on. Free accommodation. <laughs> yes, man. And then you can spend all that extra spending cash at the bars. Yes, the exactly. <laughs> Which I really didn't even have to do that much. So leading a pub crawl is a bit of an art form, and I've got to say, you are a natural. What are some of your golden rules for ensuring everyone has a good time when it comes to your crawl? Yes, the pub crawl was my favorite shift. It's funny because when I tell people that I led a pub crawl, they were like, Ashlyn, like if there was a job created for you, like that was like, it was created for you. Because I feel (laughs) like I'm always a person that's always usually having a great time having so much fun but I also love to like make sure the people around me are having a fun time as well so I love doing pub crawls but honestly like my biggest like tip is honestly like just to like have fun with it like have a good time because like when you're giving off that like energy of having a good time people like completely like feed off of it especially when they're traveling and on vacation like they want to have a good time too so like they will feed off of it um and honestly like another big thing was like making friends with them like having friends to go out with like with the travelers made a huge difference like we'd be best friends by the end of the night like dancing on all the elevated surfaces and it made their night like way more enjoyable too but yeah and like another small part of it was like feel like almost like reading your audience. Like I would go into the pub crawl like for the pregame and I would just be like, okay, what kind of group do we have tonight? Is it a bit smaller? Is it a bit bigger? Is it a bit rowdier? Like, do we have the Aussies? Like, cause if I had the Aussies, I knew (laughs) it was going to be a wild night. So definitely like 20% of it was like, just like knowing the kind of group you had, but like the other 80% was like having fun and being friends with them and having that like high energy and that high vibe and they would just feed off of it because once again you're having a good time they're gonna have a good time right yeah your energy has to be contagious right and like you are the pub crawl leader you know so to speak like literally you are leading the vibe so like set the tone and people will follow especially solo travelers that are like looking to you being like 
hey, so like, what's the vibe tonight? Or what's going down? Like, they're just gonna get in lockstep with you. So like, set yes. the tone. Yeah. And I did 100% during the day, I would run around the hostel and be like, pub crawl tonight. Like, you're coming out. I would like chant it. <laughs> yes. like, yeah, I was like known as the pub crawl girl. Oh, yeah, honestly. I remember when I got my first pub crawl shift. It wasn't um, at Rising Cock. It was at the hostel I volunteered at before in Seville. And I was low-key nervous. Like, I knew I loved going out and all that jazz. But, like, I had done other shifts, like the day shift, you know? And then, finally, they put me on pub crawl. And I was like, oh, my God. And I was, like, low-key, like, all these nerves. And then we started playing drinking games. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I love this shit. Like, there's nothing to be scared of. Like, let's go. Yeah, you were like, you right away, it was just, like, natural. Yeah, totally. They threw me right into it, though. Like, I remember the second day I was there, I was on pub crawl. So, like, I didn't even have time to, like, be nervous about it. Because, like, I was still excited about getting there. But... Mm. I could see how, like, it would be almost, like, a little nerve-wracking because, like, it is – I don't know how big your group was, but the Rising Cock can get up to, like, 50 uh-huh. to 60 guests. Oh, yeah. And you collect people yeah. when you go out. Like, people join you. Yes, yes. It is an owning of it, right? Because you've got the cattle, you've got the whole crew, and you just have to own it. Like, let's go. Exactly. Fake it till you make it sometimes, especially at the beginning. I had – no idea where any of the bars so were on my second shift. I remember I was Google mapping, like, every bar. <laughs> yes, I've done it. Yeah. I've done it. Like, sometimes you just, like, hand it to a cute guy and you're like, can you, like, lead? You're like, I'm I'm honestly here for vibes and being cute. Yes, I actually did. I remember I think it was my first or second pub crawl. I did hand it off to someone that came every summer and he, like, completely helped me. Uh, and he was a cutie, so. Yes. Yes, it worked out well. You know, one of the things that I always look out for too while on the pub crawls is like for that person that, okay, maybe it is actually their first rodeo because like with Aussies and folks that have like been solo traveling for months, like they know what goes down at a pub crawl. They're going to be super high energy, but like they know what's up. Like they don't need any handholding, but low key, like I always kind of have my eye out for like that shy gal or that shy guy. And I want to bring them out of their shell. Like I want to get them on top of the tables with me. Yes, I know exactly (laughs) what you mean because it it can be nerve-wracking like walking into this big group that's pre-drinking and they're all screaming and like playing flip cup and you're like a solo traveler and you may have been like, you may be a bit new to this. But yeah, yeah, that actually reminds me of this one girl when I was doing a pub crawl one night. uh, She just started solo traveling. So Lagos was like, I think her first or second destination. And she was already hesitant about coming out. And I was like, no, like, you got to come out. Like, it's me fun. And I kind of, like, made friends with her at the beginning of the night. And she kind of stuck by me. But by the end of the night, yeah. this girl was on the speaker with me in Grand Cafe with one shoe on. And, like, the other one was, like, broken. Like, oh and I God. think she lost it, too, like, later on in the night. Like, she was walking through Grand Cafe with no <laughs> shoes on. So I was like, yes, I know what you mean. Like, you do got to find, you know, sometimes that shy girl or shy guy and, like, Get them by the end of having fun because you do want to make sure everyone is like feels included and is having fun. Right. Yeah. Get the genie out of the bottle. (laughs) They booked the party hostel for a reason. Bring them a little bit out of their shell. And honestly, too, it sounds like we're both just like empaths, right? Like a little bit of like a party focused empath. Like I want everybody to be having a good time, please. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Sometimes people just need that little push. Oh, so true. So what? 
Tell us a little bit about working night shift. I know you were like pumping out TikToks. Yes, I was. That was my TikTok time. Yeah. So like I said, I used my night shift as my downtime because I never really like during the day had time to be on my phone and like make content or even like call my family or friends for that matter. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, true. I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. I had to do like check in sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. My night shift was when I really utilized TikToks. And that is like kind of where I like took off with my TikTok. So before going out to Lagos, I already loved TikTok. I just did it for fun though. I was like, Mm -hmm. I had like nothing I was really focusing on. Uh, But when I was going out to Lagos, I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a shot with like travel stuff. But I was like, I put no pressure on it Mm. whatsoever going out there. But I would use my night shifts, just like edit my vlogs and, you know, schedule posts for the week. And honestly, like I enjoyed it. And I feel like too, if like, if you're someone that wants to do like TikToks and take the time when you're traveling to do TikToks, like Make sure you're like, you enjoy it. It's something that you want to do because the last thing you want to do is put pressure on yourself when you're traveling. So you bring up that you were working at TAV. Tell us a little bit about your duties there. Yes. So I worked a couple shifts at the tavern and I love when I say this to people, my job title at the tavern was floor whore floor whore so yeah oh my God. yeah <laughs> so as a floor whore um my job honestly like another job built for me uh, <laughs> was to like make sure people on the floor like the dance floor were having a great time and also like get people inside of the bar so you bet I was outside of the tavern dancing and like telling people and like come in, buy a drink, get a free shot. And like, it was so much fun until families would walk by and there'd be like little kids. Cause sometimes we would start at like 10 and families were still up for dinner. So it was hilarious. Like seeing Uh little kids and I'd be like, yeah, like shots. And I'd, then I'd have to like make a joke and be like apple juice shots. Yeah. And then another, and then like later on the night I'd go inside the bar and I would walk around with Euro shots and it was mm. black vodka. So I would leave sometimes and my hands would be like stained of like black from like spilling oh, black yeah. vodka everywhere. But yeah, it was so much fun. I got to like give out shots, dance with people, yeah, make sure they're having a fun time. And that's what a floor whore does. Honestly, everyone at one point in their life should be a floor yes. whore. <laughs> yes. so fun. Because I think I gave my family a heart attack when I came home and I said, yeah, at the bar, I was a floor whore. Yeah, no, it's giving like wench, like it's giving like bar wench <laughs> <Yes>. vibes. <laughs> yeah. Well, they gave me the option of bartend, but then they explained to me what a floor whore was, and I was like, no, I'm gonna be a floor whore. I know what I am. Yeah, I, know I was, like, my I was place. meant for this. I was meant <laughs> to be a floor whore. Amazing. So, as we both know and love, a pivotal part of any pub crawl is dancing on top of tables. Can we just talk about elevated surfaces for a minute? Yeah, let's just talk about that. It's both of our passion. Yeah. I have a core memory from this summer, and it was in Grand Cafe. And we were both actually on a speaker. And I looked over at you. You pointed at me. I pointed at you. We both had like oh my sunnies on, like straight techno playing. Like it's a core memory I have from this oh summer. Yes, God. but elevated surfaces are my absolute passion. Yes, truly. Driving force in life. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like once I get on an elevated surface, like 
I can't get down. Yeah. You've seen too much. Yeah. It's a different, it's a different (laughs) world up there, especially me being like so small. And I don't know if this is why I love elevated surfaces, but like I'm small. So like when I am down on the dance floor, I'm like, whoa, this is overwhelming. Like people could literally step on me. Yeah. As soon as I get in a bar, I'm like, scan the room. Where can I get on in the next 10 seconds? And yeah. And it was, yeah, it was either a speaker, a bar, a stool, you name it. I would dance on it. Yes, just check its uh, shakeability. Is it sturdy? And then Ash was up. <laughs> yeah, literally, I would just like shake and be like, okay, it can hold my 105 pound body. Yeah, dude, context, 5'1". Ash is 5'1". So it's true. Like if you stood in the middle of the bar, like it, crushability factor was a thing. Yes, it really <laughs> was. Like I could have been stepped on in the bar by someone that was like six foot. Yes. Honestly, these are ringing back memories to being at Inside Out between like 2 a.m., 4 a.m. And number one priority is getting on top of a table for survival (laughs) and also, too, for scoping out the cuties. Exactly. Yes. (laughs) The power you have when you're on top of the bar with the cuties. It's so true. Like, literally... Honestly, I don't even think my number one flirting tactic in Lagos is talking. It's more so getting on the elevated surface and like finger wagging over somebody I want to talk to. Yes, and it (laughs) works. Or someone will like look at you and point at you. And I'm like, you have the the power in that like situation to be like, hey, it's so true. Ladies, get on your elevated surfaces. Literally. So on a related note, I loved watching your IG stories when you went to Spain after we met. Because one minute you'd be on the dance floor and then the next, honestly, I knew I'd be tapping through and I'd be seeing you behind the DJ booth. So uh, put us on game. Like what are some tips for getting behind that velvet rope? Yeah, honestly, sometimes I don't even like know how I did it or sometimes it just kind of happened. But a big thing I like really realized was like, honestly, sometimes you just like got to ask, like putting yourself out there and asking. Mm. uh, Sometimes it did take a little bit of flirting, but like, if you ask, sometimes they're just like, yeah, like, come on up. They want you to have a good time. So, like, yeah. sometimes I've just put myself out there and ask. Another, like, really big thing was having fun. Like, if you're, like, out with your mm-hmm. girlfriends and, like, genuinely having a great time and, like, having the time of your life, like, people feed off of that. Like, people want to be around you. So, like, they're going to naturally be like, hey, like, do you want to, like, come up, like, to the VIP section? Or do you, like, DJ be like, hey, I come up in the booth. Like, mm. so, like, energy, 100%, like, energy. Yeah. And another, like, tip that I didn't even, like, discover till I was the end of my travels, which I kind of wish, like, it came over more at the beginning, is honestly, like, Instagram. Like, finding the DJ at the club you're playing at or like even messaging like the actual club itself that you're going to work sometimes like they do answer you like if you were to reach out to a DJ sometimes they'll like respond it surprised me at first and then I thought about it I was like no like they want their fans and like they want their audience to have like a good time yeah 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 slip in the DMs okay with with what prompt give us give us honestly the lowdown what are we saying copy paste (laughs) the prompt something that like usually worked or like I had a tendency to work was like I would like their story or like go to the DJ and like reply to their story and be like fire or like this track or like something Mm -hmm. and then like they would typically respond with like you going out tonight or like are you coming again tonight like or 
Another like big thing is tagging them in your stories when you're actually out. Like they normally respond to your stories like later that night. It was like, did you have fun tonight? Like, are you going out tomorrow night? Like I'm playing here. You should come. Yes, queen. Don't be shy on Instagram to like reach out to the DJs or like respond to their stories or just like even DM them like, hey, where are you playing tonight? Because like once again, they want their audience to have fun. So like they might answer. And like, what do you have to lose? Right? Like, right. Again, again, get back to that energy. We are 3000 miles away from home right now. Like, what do you have to lose? Exactly. Exactly. Like, so what they don't answer, you're still gonna have fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I also love that you bring up like, whether or not you end up behind that booth, like just getting back to facts, which is like, I can't believe I'm here. This is amazing like lean into the fun and that energy is so contagious exactly i really noticed it this summer like having fun make it a priority and like your night will be fun yeah exactly and it honestly reminds me of like the job interview process like i can so sometimes get lost in the sauce of like oh my god like well what do they want me to be or what are they looking for and how can i be that and it's like you know what they're hiring because they need you exactly they need someone to fill that role they need someone to bring the heat at the club let's go it's exactly you. like just like <laughs> knowing what you're bringing to the table oh yes facts take that with you anywhere not just behind the velvet robe exactly <laughs> So on that note, did you have any crazy standout moments behind the DJ booth this past summer? Yeah, I had a couple. Definitely a highlight one was in Lagos in Portugal. I just like loved being in the DJ booth in Joe's garage. Shout out to Frenchie, who always let me dance beside him, especially on foam nights. Joe's Garage once in a while put on, I'm sure you were there, a foam night where they just have like loads and loads of foam literally falling from the ceiling and it would be up to my knees. So you bet I was like always in the DJ booth with Frenchie at Joe's Garage dancing next to him on those nights. Pure survival, honestly. You could have (laughs) drowned. With my height, I could have drowned. And also my white shoes were already (laughs) dirty enough. They did not need to be any more gross than they were. But definitely more on like a bigger highlight from the summer like was in Spain was in the south of Spain so I was in Marbella for about two weeks and I got to see some like really big DJs but one that like really stands out to me and this goes back to like my tip about like just like having fun and like making having fun a priority rather than just like being focused on like I want to get in the DJ booth. Like, I want to get in a VIP section. Like, me and my girlfriends were at Opium Beach Club in Marbella. And we were singing Camel Fat. And I, like, went into the night and I was like, I don't, like, need to go in the DJ booth. Like, this is a really big beach club. Like, there's no way I'm going to get in it. Like, I'm just going to have fun with my girlfriends at the front. So, like, we had so much fun. Like, we were just, like, dancing. And then I, like, went to go to the bathroom And, like, guys from the VIP section were like, hey, do you and your girlfriends want to come up? Like, you look like you guys, like, are having a great time. And I was like, of course we do. So me and my girlfriends went up. We were, like, right behind Camel Flat. And we got to meet, like, the coolest people. Like, there were so many other DJs in that booth. And then the highlight of it, though was the 10 liter bottle of vodka that came out for us. And like, I'm not kidding. Like it was like the size of my body. No, it was the size of my torso. Like I have a video of me trying to pick it up. And like, it was like giant. It was just like such a fun night because it wasn't even like planned to get up there. Like we didn't have any connections. Like it literally was just solely off of like the vibe Mm. we were giving. But yeah, South of Spain, like there was many other core memories. Like I was like five feet away from 
uh, Black Coffee and Ibiza and like the Martinez mm. Bros, like literally like, so arm fine. reach of them. Like, <laughs> were they just as fine in person? Oh, trust me, they were. I was like trying to like just touch them. I was like, you're gorgeous. But definitely like that night in Opium Beach Club was a highlight just because like the vibes were high. It wasn't planned and we were having the time of our lives. And that's how we got behind the DJ booth that night. Truly, honestly, it sounds like you're just like getting in that like manifesting energy of like, you know what? It always happens. It's going to happen again. We're just going to like let it happen, not force. Exactly. Like I said, sometimes I didn't even plan it. It would still just naturally happen. Manifestation. So on the note of the 10 liter vodka bottle, you're one of those unicorns that just does not get hungover. Um, what's your secret? Yeah, sometimes I don't know how I didn't get hungover, but sleep on the beach. Wake up and if you're feeling a little like tiny bit hung, like grab water, grab yes. crackers and just like go sleep on the beach. That was like my little secret. I'd get a pack of crackers, some water and just go nap <laughs> on the beach. Your version of crackers on the beach, mine was gelato on the beach. I remember I would just like throw a bunch of stuff in a bag, walk those cobblestone steps over to the beach and stop at the gelato spot before. And I would get like the most childish ice cream flavored too. I remember it was like bubblegum. <laughs> bubble it was like gum, pink no and electric blue in a cone. And that gave me all the sugar I needed because I needed just like that pop, right? Like, please bring me back to life. And then like you said, like lay out on the beach towel, numb out, get that vitamin D straight from the source. And honestly, it would do the trick. It does. You also just like brought me back to my childhood when you said bubble gum, ice cream, stop. Yeah. Well, you know, you're in the gelato shop, right? And they've got like the mature, savory flavors. And then as you go further, it's like the really childish stuff. And like, honestly, I know where I go. It's the childish section. Yeah. You're walking (laughs) in right to the child section. You're like, give me cotton candy. Give me bubble gum. Yeah. So on that note, what's the wildest thing you've ever found yourself doing the morning after a night of just pure debauchery and drinking? Believe it or not, skydiving with seven strangers after a night out. Oh my God. That sounds like someone's nightmare, but... (laughs) Yes. And it's funny because before I like... When I was looking at skydiving, it says in so many places and on so many sites, like, do not come hungover. Do not drink the night before. And what did me and these seven strangers that I went skydiving with do the night before? We drank and we were out till about 5.30 a.m. in the morning partying. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. But we, we still went skydiving. Oh my. So how did you meet these seven strangers? Like, what's the tea? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So that night I was on pub crawl and I was just going around the hostel, like trying to get people excited to go out that night. So I was like, mm. pub crawl, pub crawl. And I, these guys were like playing Uno and like eating pizza. There was these seven Aussie guys. And I like went up to them and I'm like in their face. I was like, let's go out tonight. Like I'm doing pub crawl. And they're like, I don't know. Like we're going skydiving tomorrow. Oh my and gosh. I was like, one, can I come? <laughs> Two, you're still coming out tonight. And then we got like chatting and they were like, do you actually want to come? And I was like, no, like I'm being serious. Like I want to skydive with you guys tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And then they're like, okay, like do it. So like book it. So within like that 10 minutes of meeting them, I had booked skydiving and I convinced them to go out with me that night. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that night we all went out. I was on pub crawl and then we stayed together till I think it was honestly about 5.30 a.m. Like we were in Stevie Ray's like. And I remember us, like, looking at our, like, 
clocks and Stevie Rays. And we were like, oh my goodness, we're jumping in like six hours. Like maybe we should go home, like go to bed. And like 30 minutes before the bar closed, by the way, you're like, okay, call it. (laughs) Yeah. And there was like a slight moment that we were like, should we just stay out all night and like watch the sunrise and just go straight to skydiving? But then you know, we were like, okay, that might be a little crazy. Mm, so that's where you drew the line. That's where you drew the line. <laughs> yeah. So we drew the line at 5.30 and then we were up at 11 and all seven of us jumped out of a plane together. No one puked. Everyone lived. So that was good. Um, but the skydiving itself was so fun. I would recommend anyone to do it, especially in the Algarve. Yeah. Like you got to see the entire Algarve. Like, and also... On the way up, you could see all of Portugal. It was so cool. It was unreal experience. And I still keep in contact with those seven guys. Like, after skydiving, we started drinking right away right after (laughs) to celebrate skydiving. (laughs) And, like, when I said goodbye to them at the hostel, like, a couple days later, it was so sad. Like, I almost cried. I had a thing with one of them, so that was even harder. But, yeah, I still talk to them, too. That was a bonding experience. Truly next-level bonding What I have to know, though, was are you the type to, like, hesitate at all before jumping out? Or did you just fucking go? Did you just book it? So the thing is, you don't actually have a chance to hesitate because you're not in control at all up there. Like, this guy is literally, like, the guy holds you. So, like, I wouldn't be one to hesitate, I don't think. Mm. But, like, at the same time, like, this guy, like, I was the first to jump out of the plane, too, because they were, like, ladies first. So I was like, guess I'm going first. They literally just, like, hang you out of the edge. And the next thing I know, this guy literally did a backflip with me out of the plane. And, like, we flipped out. And then, like, I got to, like, free fall for, like, 70 seconds. Yeah, like, you don't have time to hesitate. And, like, you're on such a rush Mm. up there. Like, it's, like, your mind's, like, in a different state. But I I don't think I'd be one to hesitate, though, if I... Right, I'm calling it. I don't think you would either. Knowing you. (laughs) No, no, I'm too spontaneous and adventurous to hesitate on something like that. Dude, when you mention that you jump out and you do a full 180 back, I'm like, sir, sir, if you were hungover, that would have been sudden death. But it's a good thing you don't get hangovers. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, if I was not a unicorn, I may have barfed on that 180 backflip out of the plane. Oh my God, you are truly built different. (laughs) Yeah, sometimes I don't know how I do it. Okay, but you slid in there that there was a little Aussie dude you're chatting with. Okay, real quick, what's the tea? What's the tea? Yeah, one of the Aussie guys and I like kind of hit it off and like obviously like skydiving brought us closer. We spent like some time at the beach. We got like a pizza together after skydiving. So yeah, like we definitely hit it off. It was sad to see him leave, but we still talk to this day, which is like nice. So maybe I'll make a trip out to Australia soon. Yes, this is the number one thing about like a little travel romance that you just put a little bookmark on. You're like, see you later. Who knows? (laughs) I'm like, so now I may have like a BF out in Australia. Yes, honestly. That is quite the souvenir right there. <laughs> yep, that's all I need. Yes. So what is next for you? Do you have any trips in the works? Obviously, I have like little trips planned, like in New York, Miami, mm. like those are just more weekend trips. But I'm looking at actually, it's still in the works. It's still a loading process. I'm doing Southeast Asia Ooh. sometime before next summer, which will be a big one. But if not, if like, I really hope to do that. But if not, I will 100% be in Lagos again next summer, whether it's volunteering or I'm just like going to visit because 
I have to go see that place again. I have to go yes. dance on some elevated surfaces. You honestly do. You honestly do. <laughs> yes, I will 100% be back in Europe next year. Um, but yeah, looking at maybe Southeast Asia, which is in the process. Amazing. And honestly, I have a feeling that I will be seeing you on an elevated surface sometime in 2023. I hope I am seeing you in Grand Cafe. Ooh, yes, 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 yes. Pure gremlin hours, round two. Let's get it. <laughs> yeah, that's like one thing I know I have planned. Like that is like definitely like it's planned. Like the elevated surfaces in Lagos with you and Grand Cafe. Yes. And on that note, thanks so much for coming by, Ash. It was a pleasure rehashing this debaucherous summer with you. Euro summer forever. <laughs> yeah. No, thank you. This was so much fun. I love reliving these moments, especially the elevated surface moments with you. Honestly, the flashbacks too real. <laughs> yeah. Cool. We'll see you next time. Enchanté. So what do you think? Could you keep up with Ash? Well, keeping up with her on social media is easy at least. Just hit this episode's description to shoot her a follow on TikTok and IG. Want to link up with like-minded Globetrotters from all over the world? Find your squad by joining Globetrotters Facebook group. Our Facebook group is a private space to ask all of your travel questions, swap stories, and meet up with other adventurers on your wavelength. The Facebook group is also the first to hear about any trips I've got coming up and how you can join me. So, to join the squad, all you got to do is search Globetrotter Travel Gang on Facebook. The link is also in this episode's description. Let's wrap things up with a juicy voicemail straight off the Globetrotter hotline. Today's story is truly a roller coaster, you guys. And like any good travel story, it starts at a hostel and ends in Tulum. Buckle up, guys, cuz this one is wild. I met this guest at a hostel that I was working at in Barcelona and after 4 days of knowing each other he got my initials tattooed on his hand and he stayed for the whole rest of the month and I invited him to come to Mexico with me that I was going to go to next at the beginning of January and when we were partying in Tulum on some variety of substances i was naked up on the bar dancing and he got up and proposed to me in front of the entire bar and there was like i don't know at least 200 people there inspired to share your own epic travel story on the globefather hotline all you got to do is go to speakpipe.com/globefather or click the link in this episode's description to leave an up to 90 second voicemail detailing your travel tale. A quickie, if you will. Want to stay anonymous? No name is required to leave a voicemail. Till next time, I'm Cassie Martinez. <laughs> <laughs>